what is a strategist? If you've got people in your organization with that title, think about what they do and then compare it to someone at another organization with the same job title. There's a good chance those two people will have entirely different roles. Now, for the more modern and agile agencies, the evolution of strategists and creatives has sped up enormously over the last few years in line with the speed of social and shifts in culture. Now, I can't think of a better person to have this conversation with than today's guest, Social Chain's own senior creative, Jake Thompson. Yeah, Jake's been at the agency now for over five years and and developed really, you know, as the agency's developed itself, he joined as a designer back in the day and then worked his way up through the creative team and now into that kind of creative strategist role. And he knows the role inside out as well as knowing the agency inside out and it shows the way he speaks. We covered a whole host of topics, including how to guarantee results by using a three-step method, why having creatives without strategists and vice versa won't work, and even an amazing eye sculpture analogy to boot. Well, Jake, welcome to Social Minds. It's great to finally have you on. I know I don't have to tell you what Social Minds is, obviously, like you're very familiar with it, but you haven't come on before. Uh, so it really is great to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been, a, it's been a long time coming. I feel like I've managed to hide for a long time, but um, <laughs> yeah. no, I think I'm, I'm finally ready. I've got something to say, which is exciting. Well, as you'll know, then every week we kick off with our big question. And the one we have for you today is what role should strategy play in modern agencies? I think, you know, speaking specifically around a social agency, um, there's been a big change um, since I first started, which was nearly six years ago now, where, you know, we could kind of just throw stuff out there and see how it worked. And, and that kind of worked to a certain extent. But I think as, as the landscapes evolved, as social has grown and, and kind of the work we do has developed, strategy just helps inform everything that we do. And it means that we have much less false starts uh, and actually the work that we're doing can go further and be seen by more people and just actually do the job that it was designed to do in a much more efficient way. Absolutely. And let, let's talk a little bit about that evolution and the role of strategy now. Um, obviously, it started to merge, I think, from a strict role to quite a broad term. So how would you define the role of a creative strategist and how has the specialism evolved in terms of skills and requirements? So, uh, like I said, I, I started six years ago and I started as a creative. And like back then, I would say a lot of professions within the world of social media were generalists there was a you know a group of people that really understood everything about social about the platforms the audiences and uh, and that's kind of where like with any kind of startup culture like mm, you know those a lot of jack of all trades a lot of masters jack of all none. trades exactly yeah. and i think as like i said before you know as it's grown as the ambition of social has grown as people use it has changed and I guess if you think about a traditional agency, which, you know, does TV spots, for example, um, that's been going on for 50 plus years now. And they have very specific roles for very different parts of that process. Uh, and they've kind of developed over time. Those those roles have become apparent. Um, the need for those roles has become apparent over time. And that's exactly what's happened with social media. As the work we do gets bigger, as we kind of have scaled from doing one-off activations and tweets to doing kind of multi-territory, multi-platform, these huge experiences, it's become apparent that we have some very specific needs and, uh, and one of those needs is strategy at, at each phase. So the strategist is there to just bring that rigor and bring that 
clarity to every decision that's made uh, and really bed it in some insight because everything we're doing should be with purpose and and that's not to say you know we can't be spontaneous and we can't just try things for the hell of it it just means Mm -hmm. that when we're doing that we at least know what direction we're trying to head in do you think this new breed of strategists will start popping up in traditional agencies because look at other factors you know driving this like consumer behavior and client understanding and changing agency models that affects them too right i think so and i think the the role of creative strategist i transitioned into the role fairly recently although i've been doing what you could call creative strategy for a number of years i think that's kind of been born out of this one need from an agency and a client perspective for Pete, for somebody that understands not only kind of the strategy and the rigor behind something, but also the actual practical outcome of it is like, how do you translate that into something that is going to be the end product? Um, and in a lot of traditional places, those two things never speak to each other. They're completely separate. And there's also the idea that our generation in particular, or like newer generations, just want to do work that they want to do. And the way my brain works is I'm half creative, half a strategic thinker. And for me, I'm not solely fulfilled just doing one. And actually what I can do is help bring both those worlds together and kind of bridge the the divide. And I think that's the value that creative strategists bring to, to agencies. Definitely, definitely. And you just said there, obviously, you know, you're half creative, half strategy. And actually in agencies, I think there's so many different roles that unless you've actually, you know, worked in an agency or worked with an agency, you probably wouldn't even realize half of these roles actually exist. Mm-hmm. But let's stay on creative and strategy for now. So creatives and strategists. I think everyone who's worked in an agency will probably vouch for their own department as the most important department in the agency or the most important specialism but is there any truth to the belief that creatives and strategists actually do different jobs definitely i think fundamentally they do um and i think what's important is again to that point around generalists and specialists like you want people to be able to focus on their task at hand because uh, i'm sure everyone on this call and everybody probably listening can experience it has experienced this you know when you try and do too much you can you can't see the wood for the trees, um, and especially as a if I put my creative hat on, like if you're operating at 100 miles an hour on too many different things and too many parts of a project, there is no way you're going to be able to come up with that killer idea. Um, and then similarly, if you're a strategist running at 100 miles an hour trying to consider every other aspect of it, there's no way you're going to get to that really deep, meaningful insight that's going to allow you to unlock that creative idea. So there's definitely value to having them split. In terms of kind of which is more important than the other, um, I'm just trying to think about who I want to offend. Um, <laughs> no, I, I actually think that they're, they're both as important as one another, which is a bit of a cop-out answer. If I had I'm to choose, search, yeah, yeah. if I had to choose, I'd say creative. I think team creative. <laughs> there's always going to be a, an, and it's annoying when you see it, and also really amazing. But like sometimes you can just hit the nail on the head. Like you can get to the amazing idea that's perfect without putting any rationale behind it and sometimes you know in the real world it's a case of doing that kind of stuff afterwards so that is possible mm-hmm. um obviously with a strategy a strategy is worthless until it's implemented um there's no outcome there that's consumer facing whereas creative is ultimately the only thing that really matters um but in order to get to a really good creative it helps to have a really solid strategy in place to, to guide that thinking and make sure that we're on message on brand and speaking to our audience in a way that's going to resonate 
Definitely. I, I absolutely agree. I've always used the, the metaphor there uh, with, with creatives and strategists, almost like the strategist kind of puts the foundations in the house and the creatives almost mm. kind of build upwards. And I think that's probably what you've just said there, whereby, you know, you don't really see the foundations in a house, but without them, you wouldn't have the house. Exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. For me, strategy's always been about purpose. Like, I can come up with something that's like, you know, objectively creative, but if there's no reason... Uh, you know, for existing or, you know, being out there or, you know, for a certain brand putting it somewhere, then, you know, it's sort of pointless, isn't it? So for me, that's like where strategy can play a really important role. It is. It's the why. It's the why is this brand speaking to me in this way, on in this channel, on this environment? Like, I think for brands to succeed on social, they've got to have an authentic reason to speak. And I think that's what we're kind of in that annoying middle phase now where there's a lot of branter and a lot of like brands just for want of a better <laughs> yeah. word shit posting and hoping yeah. that it gains traction and yeah that's going to work on a, on the short term for some engagement and clickbait but think about that from a consumer perspective like i saw one um yesterday i'm not going to name the the brand names but it was um the elizabeth line had opened and there was a typo on a, a piece of signage that said pestaurants instead of restaurants seen it and um, a brand replied to that by replacing the first letter of their name with a p one it was just a bit dead it was a it was very opportunistic but second like there was a tweet that replied to the brand's tweet roasting them oh, no. and that one is the one that actually went went really far um, oh, not the ratio. The yeah, the ratio in these so, days. My secondhand embarrassment <laughs> kicks off so hard. And that's that it because it's so like obvious as a consumer. You're like that brand's just trying to take advantage of this moment, and like that's fine yeah. if there's a reason. But otherwise, it is. It's just cringe. It's like when you know you t you see your friend's tweet and it's dead, and you're like, oh, you shouldn't have posted that. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> like, as an aside, there, I don't know about anyone else listening. Like, he works in the industry, but for me, the branter thing is sort of lost its appeal because I saw an exchange happen you know the other day and I knew the social media managers behind both of the accounts <laughs> so I'm like oh that's just so-and-so talking to so-and-so and it really like took me out of the moment but I digress I think what I want to get into is obviously um I mean we call social the ever-changing landscape right because you know things are always moving about and I guess yeah it's only fitting when you think about it really with consumer habits and expectations constantly changing also but when the definition of job roles like creative and strategist, et cetera, are also changing, does this impact the way that we're able to work? And is that always a good thing? It is messy. It's confusing. I think especially outside the world of agency, like, I mean, I didn't know any of these roles existed before I worked at Social Chain. You know, I was a designer. I came into this not even really knowing much about advertising way back when. And like I remember I was pitching for the role of the creative team and learning what that was all about. And then it has been a, I've been on that journey of trying to kind of figure out what it is I want to do and try and like continue getting more specialists along that, that journey as well. But there is a lot of confusion, a lot of words are misused. Um, a lot of mm -hmm. titles are misleading. I think it's a good thing that roles are getting more specialists. Like I said, I think titles should reflect mm -hmm. that. Um, I, mm -hmm. I do think there is a gap there's, a, there's a definitely a case of trying to fit social first roles into the box of traditional roles, specifically yeah. within creative as well, where traditionally you kind of have an artwork, an art director, sorry, and a copywriter. But like, where's the conceptor? Who's the one responsible for conceptualizing mm -hmm. that idea? Um, so sometimes it doesn't work like that and you have to be a little bit creative. I mean, simplifying it down, you've got the strategist, you've got the creative, but just also acknowledge that there is also people that kind of blend those worlds together and especially if you're a small team or if you're like an independent or a small business 
kill two birds with one stone and, and try and find somebody that's, you know, capable of bringing those two worlds together. And then, yeah, they, they, they should mm. uh, see through. One of my biggest pet peeves, I think, in that in that vein is uh, job titles that sort of use the like the noun or the actual product as the title. So like your job, like title just says social media or it just says like Instagram or whatever. I'm like, but is it the Instagram strategist or, you know, is it the social media manager, the strategist, the, you know, community manager, content creator? The actual what you do part is so often missed off. Yeah, it is confusing. I think people, I mean, people don't really understand what I do. But like the simplest way I can say it is I help brands figure out what they should be saying and how they should say it. Basically, it's distilling down their messaging. Um, So, you know, they'll come to us with these broader objectives and they've got all these different things they can talk about. But really what I value is, and and the team adds value is, is helping distill that into, okay, these are the three things your audience care most about. This is the best way that you can communicate that to them, given everything we know about your brand. Uh, and that covers off things like tone of voice, language use, the the visuals, um, and then also kind of like helping support on the environments as well. So like whether it's, you know, by platform or by format. So yeah, in a really simple way, creative strategist helps you figure out what to say and, and how you should be saying it. You know, we've seen there's so many job roles around, but there's also a lot of jargon. We actually had a pod on this a few months ago. It was a really, really good episode. Um, but let's clarify some of the aspects that are prone to getting confused in that jargon. So if I may ask, what's the difference between a brand idea, a strategic idea, and a creative idea? This is a good question. It's a loaded question. Um, I also think it's really important one to clear up because there's so many terms, like you've got those that you just said, but then there's also like territories and platforms and expressions and activations and they all mean very different things. And I think a lot of people get so caught up in an idea and, you know, it's like very dismissive of what an idea actually means and, and can get too focused on that. Like to, to boil it down really simply, like the brand idea is your, the essence of the brand. It's what the brand is about in the simplest expression. Um, and it should be something that's really ownable for that brand as well. So as an example for KFC, you could say that their brand idea is um, finger licking good chicken, for example. You know, it's very distinctive to them. It gets their purpose across in a really simple way. Like at the end of the day, everything boils down to chicken for KFC. Um, looking then at a strategic idea, it's about exploring how do they communicate that? How do they bring that proposition to life through their, their comms? And again, this is a very broad level thing. It should be something that's active across all their channels, not just social, but above the line and, and other areas as well. And again, for KFC, you could potentially distill that down to showing people eating our chicken, which again, really basic, but there's a million different directions you could take that in. Um, and similarly, that strategic objective could have been a strategic idea, could have been a million other things. It could have been all about the restaurants. It could have been about the service. It could have been about the packaging. It could be about, you know, the intricacies of each product. Um, but no, it's about showing people um, eating their chicken. So that's kind of their strategic idea. And then your creative idea, that's the one that, you know, it's about interpreting that strategic idea. So taking it to a place, but layering on that specific objective for your campaign. So whether that's a new product launch, whether that's, you know, focusing on the brand story, whether that's focusing on, um, you know, this new initiative or whatever it is, that's kind of where you start to bring those two worlds together and come up with a broader creative idea that can live in many different places. Um, that just gives you that 
beautiful jumping off point. It's like it's the really exciting thing for a creative to work on. Uh, and these are always, at least for us, always grounded in like human truths and insight. This is where the strategy side comes into it. So again, as a really good KFC example, they did a really brilliant campaign recently with Mother, which was called First Bite. Um, so the creative idea there is all about taking that sensation, that moment in time when you have your first bite of chicken and the kind of seductive quality of that. And that as a, as a creative idea is so broad, like you can take that into a million different places and different formats and placements. For that one, it was about out of home and a few other areas, but their expressions of that creative idea, you know, what, what they would have done is taken KFC on that journey to selling that broader campaign um, and, and then worried about the expressions later. And I think a lot of the time people spend too much worrying about, you know, what that tweet's going to look like, what that, um, you know, that Facebook post is going to look like and actually focus on getting the creative idea right and everything else would be so much easier um, because then it's just about, again, bringing in your distribution insights, where your audience are, okay, they're on X, Y, and Z. These are the formats that resonate with them. This is what, that's your brief to creatives then is like take that creative idea apply it to that format in that place, um, which is a much easier brief to get as a creative, I can tell you. Um, but it's also one that's really solidly backed up. Yeah, absolutely. That's all so interesting. And I remember thinking when we had that big creative workshop a few months ago, it was so insightful to be able to hear that thought process that goes into a lot of the creative work that we do for our clients. And, you know, also part of that workshop that we had, one part stuck out to me and it sounds a little bit obvious, but I thought the explanation and the reasoning uh, was really important. So I'll ask you to explain it for us. Um, and that is why is it important to first understand the type of idea that a client is after before you actually get stuck into the creative? Again, it comes back to that confusion around what an idea is. It means so many different things to a lot of people and a lot of time can be wasted working on something that really you, you don't have a place to change. So for us as a social agency, a lot of the time we aren't touching that brand idea. We're not touching that strategic idea for us where we add value is that creative idea, that expression of the strategic idea and, and the many um, activations that come off it. Sometimes we do get to do that. Sometimes we, we can go in and, and have a bit of impact and play around with that strategic idea. It interests me because I think as like on our side, as the creatives and as the marketers, we're always you know doing that due diligence on ourselves to make sure that we are you know following the why and we have a full strategy. But actually, a lot of it comes down to making sure the client knows what to provide us with and what they actually need to feed into the brief from the get-go um, for that output to be, you know, as good as it can be. So it's not all actually on, you know, the uh, social team or the creative team or the agency side. And that's it. Like one of my main responsibilities as a creative strategist is to translate what the clients fed us into a brief for creative teams and distribution teams because clients, God love them, don't always um, present briefs in a way that is most conducive to, to great work. And you know, you kind of have that sliding scale of some that provides very little and some that provides, you know, chapter and verse, which is amazing. Uh, and so it's really about distilling that down because it's it's a lot of information sometimes to get. And what you don't want is every individual that's helping respond to that brief to go off and arrive at a different insight, because then when you bring it yeah. all together as a response, it's not going to marry up. Um, what's much more beneficial is for you know myself, the accounts team, and and various other people in the early stages of that to go away and like I do a lot of desk research. I spend a lot of time uh, in like research holes and and things like that, just trying to understand the wider context of that brief and and the different things that we can pull into. And it's kind of like it is a creative cathartic process in itself. You just kind of follow 
where you go and and then what you want to end up at what what you want to arrive at is that again i mentioned earlier that human truth that kind of insight that beds that brief into into something that's relatable for people because again we're on social it has to be something that resonates with our audience and, and really that helps you get to a creative brief uh, and the way we format creative yeah. briefs is a get to buy so who it is you're trying to get to do something um, what it is you're trying to get them to do um, and then ultimately how you're going to get them to do that and, and that last bit is the interesting part it's the the creative lens through which to uh, to speak to these people and that is all you need as a creative you know you don't mm-hmm. need 20 pages of a brief you need a very simplistic approach and and again the role of the creative strategist or a strategist generally really speaking is to simplify um as much as they're associated with really long decks full of frameworks and graphs like the outcome of that should be absolute clarity of thought so that the other teams can go ahead and 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 just crack on with their specific task at hand yeah definitely i'm gonna i'm gonna skip ahead in the questions while we're on that topic actually because i did want to ask you we've covered it a little bit there but ask you a little bit more about your process like your process specifically when um you're putting together a creative strategy so can you sort of walk us through how uh you know in the very beginning stages how that brief and those insights start to materialize so you said you end up doing like a load of desk research and get yourself down loads of rabbit holes is that always a starting point yeah well first of all if it's a new brand or even you know a brand maybe we've not worked with in a while like in yourself in it as much as possible and that just means read everything like watch everything mm-hmm. like just try and mm-hmm. see where they're at now and also kind of it's helpful to dive back and uh, it's always a good tranche of research as well uh, and inspiration so start in there get yourself knee deep in whatever brand it is uh, and then from there I typically start to look at the category so looking at what are their competitors doing? What are people, well, I say people, what are brands doing that are maybe not directly related, but, you know, talking around similar um, aspects that I've mentioned in the brief? Who's doing it well and how are they doing it? And then finally, last but not least, to start to understand the audience and, and really put ourselves in, in their shoes and what is it that makes them move? And it's beyond things like, you know, media behaviors and and usage habits and all that kind of stuff. It's what do they care about? And, you know, what are the real concerns in their life at the minute? What are the kind of pressure points we should stay away from? What are the opportunities that we can tap into for them? I'm very lucky that a lot of the audiences we work with are Gen Z, as which I'm just about on the cusp. So, you know, it's not too difficult to make that jump. But I actually find working with like, audiences that don't relate to me in any way the most interesting like I'm a vegetarian for example uh, and I do have the great pleasure of working on the KFC account and I think it's interesting to look at it from a different perspective and and embed myself in their shoes so yeah starts with all that data what you end up with then is a massive document full of ramblings and notes and different sources Uh, and then it's a case of going through that and trying to find the commonalities and the opportunities so it's like okay this audience I know they're they're looking for simplicity in their life in this area. I also know as a category, um, there's a move towards convenience, and and you know people are starting to expect this from it a little bit more. This brand has just done a campaign that worked really well around that. For us, we I've kind of started to talk about it over here, but we've never really gone too into it. But there's this really interesting characteristic for us, which means that we have an authentic reason to speak. And what you do is you start to bring all that kind of together. Uh, and then you land that hopefully what is a really succinct and, you know, maybe a little bit wanky, um, but very pragmatic insight, which is the foundation for the creative brief. And it doesn't stop there either. You know, there's a 
some places, you know, the creative strategist runs to the, the briefing stage and that's it. Whereas here we try and kind of keep that red thread throughout. So I'm there working alongside the creative and distribution teams, making sure that whatever response we put to the client harks back to that creative strategy. Similarly, once it gets signed off, hopefully if it gets signed off through the campaign process as well, again, making sure that just keeping ourselves honest, you know, we, we've done all this work up front and we like we, we've said why it's going to work and, and, you know, the client's on board with that. And as everybody will know, I'm sure listening, like through various decisions throughout the process, things can stray away from the track a little bit. I always use the analogy of, uh, you know, you kind of present this beautiful ice sculpture as a creative at the start of a campaign and every kind of decision and cutback <laughs> and yeah everything like that is a chip away and if you don't yeah. you know whack up the freezer you're going to end up with an ice cube um, which yeah. is bears no resemblance to that original idea so that's kind of what I'm there for throughout is to just keep us on track uh, and where we need to flex help solve that from um, a creative perspective as well yeah definitely I love that yeah, so that's uh, obviously that's kind of more from the, the point of the client. And, you know, naturally, uh, agencies have to please clients to the nature of the role to ensure, obviously, retain business, produce more work for them. But we also can't forget the, the purpose of the work is to engage audiences, right? That's what we're in it for. So how can agencies use creative strategies to, to make sure that work's relatable to the audience and not only satisfy clients? Again, it comes back to like the role of the creative strategist. It's the the what and the how. So like what we should be saying. And that, that really is the most important thing. Because if you land on the right thing to say, then in theory it doesn't really matter how you say it uh, and part of that process is focus groups we do a lot of focus groups we do a lot of pulse surveys and and actually ask the people we're speaking to like you know we anonymize it so they don't know who it's coming from but you know is this message delivering what we need it to deliver um so there's a lot of test and learn in that respect it's a it's a very iterative process i mean the great thing about social is that you know we know instantly whether we've hit the mark or not um and especially mm. clients that you kind of have on retainer if you're a brand yourself like you kind of have that luxury of testing the waters continually and and feeding back on that and and, and there's great tools definitely like a failing fast yeah that's exactly it? it and you know there's great tools from like meta and all these other platforms where you can a b test messaging and that kind of stuff so definitely make use of those and i think yeah that's that's the the biggest opportunity and also the most exciting thing about social you can't do that on a billboard you can't do that in a tv yeah. script that you've got to you know prove six months out like you can post a tweet it can go amazingly well but it can also completely flop um but it just mm. means that the next time you press send you're going to be much more confident at what you're putting out there yeah, I do love that about social, that sort of kind of, maybe it's not necessarily instant feed, but where, you know, you could revisit a piece that you put out maybe two hours later and you'll know straight away if it was a banger or not. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to wait six months to see if <laughs> or, anyone liked it. Yeah, or if you need to well, go you've to got nowhere, you've got while. nowhere to hide. I mean, not you, but like, yeah. Yeah. you've, um, <laughs> you, you've, it'll either work or it doesn't. You don't have to wait for a brand lift study much later. Like, you, you know pretty mm -hmm. instantly and yeah, there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, definitely. And I loved hearing about your your process from start to finish. There's so much that goes in behind the scenes, you know, from way back from like the research holes, like you mentioned. So in terms of content, how can creative strategies be properly utilized in everyday content? Because there's so many different strands from kind of like your more BAU sort of stuff to the big standout campaigns. How can a single job role like a creative strategist be utilized across like that whole scale? So it starts with the foundations. It starts with the, you know, we create these social playbooks for clients, which lays out again, it's that, you know, I think people think because you're posting every day, you're saying something different every day. And that's not the case. You're always on content should ultimately be 
aligned, it should be delivering a very specific message, albeit through different forms every time you speak. Um, so again, understanding what you're saying uh, and making sure that, uh, and that's the interesting, I guess, challenge for a creative strategist on a, a long-term client where you're doing lots of everyday content is figuring out what it is we should be saying in a way that allows flex and means that we're not going to become fatigued too quickly. Um, so it's not talking about a specific promotion every day. It's talking about value as a proposition and then looking at the different ways we do that. And similarly through like the tone of voice and language like that, consistency, consistency is so important. I was talking about this earlier today, actually, that you've got to remember that as a brand, whether you're, you know, embed this intrinsically or not, like through any channel where you're speaking, you're playing a character. And every single time you talk um, or tweet or post or whatever it is that you're doing, that's a touch point within with your consumer. Mm -hmm. And if you're not consistent mm -hmm. with your character, then the facade falls apart. That's exactly how I look at it, Jake. It's like method acting every time yeah, you go in, it. you put on the brand hat and you're like, you're not you. No. And if you find yourself speaking like yourself, so I always uh, advise people when copywriting is your instinct is to write like cliches, right? Which is like other people's words, basically. And yeah. you want to go through and strip all that out and make sure you're not sounding like other people or sounding like yourself. But yeah. Well, your, your tone of voice is a distinctive asset. Mm -hmm. And people Absolutely. people should be able to understand that it's you. Like if you think about some mm -hmm. great brands like Wendy's and innocent and even Duolingo nowadays with their crazy mm -hmm. inappropriate translations. Like I know who that brand is before I've seen their avatar. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity in that. No, definitely. Well, I think we're going to toot our own horn for a bit and you'll have to <laughs> forgive us, but we're getting an internal guest on. This is what happens. Um, and it's not, you know, not just for the sake of it. I think there's um, something really important I want to touch on here, uh, like on this topic. Uh, obviously, we care a lot about the work that we do for our clients um, and keeping them at the forefront of what's possible, as our tagline states. Um, but there's another guiding statement or a value here at Social Chain. That is, we owe people interesting work. So, Jake, can you explain a little bit about that, what it means for us and how strategy comes into play here? Yeah, of course. I think it is so important. I think as well, like, you know, we keep brands at the forefront is definitely like the one that's out there. But I think from an internal perspective, the one that drives every single person on my team and every team across the agency is everybody wants to do great work. Uh, and I think it is, again, that generational thing. And well, it's a wider societal thing. Like people have the luxury of of the job market and we want to like what keeps me in this role and not and going anywhere else is the work that I get to do excites me it keeps me it keeps me alive that's a bit dramatic it gets me out of bed in the morning <laughs> um yeah I, I, and really it's about fulfillment I think is a really important thing like obviously social media can at times be very superficial um and I talked about it before like there's obviously things like clickbait and engagement baiting and all that kind of stuff and I think it's worth noting that, you know, as a, the person creating that and posting that, you also, you, you understand the role of that content and, you know, content like that doesn't necessarily fulfill you, um, like on a deeper level. And I think what we want to yeah. do is help fulfill people and do work that has meaning. And that means that every time a client comes to us with a, a, a request, um, or a, a new brief or something like that, we try and think of it from a, a real real really meaningful place like how can we actually do something interesting that's different that pushes us that pushes the client that isn't just going to be a throwaway piece of content in the eyes of the consumer because it's and it's not even about the consumer at that point it's about us as individuals as creatives mm -hmm. as people in this industry like at the end of the day we want to 
enjoy our work and we want to come home every day thinking I had a bit of an impact today and it's about you know framing that within the world you know at the end of the day it's social media it's not everything in the world but at least we can be confident that the work we're doing is impacting somebody yeah nice rousing speech I'm feeling motivated (laughs) yeah I I like it a lot (laughs) well as you know we always like to sign off with some actionable advice for our listeners and we do have listeners from both sides so brand side and agency side so going to go in with a little bit of a two-prong question um, for this episode so number one what's the one process that agencies or in-house teams could change to improve their creative strategy and number two what's one process that clients can change to do the same for them so agency side i would say kind of whoever it is whether it's a creative strategist or you know if you don't have a creative strategist if it's somebody who's on creative or or on the strategy side like give somebody the responsibility and the headspace to to have that broader look at a campaign or a piece of work because that's the thing that i most love about my job like the reason i wanted to move into it was so that i could take a step back and make sure that the work we're outputting reflects the work that we propose. And that's just a case of just being there throughout and not kind of handing over incrementally to different people because you do, you know, things get lost when you do that. So definitely look at who is it, who's that person that can stick with the project from the initial brief right through to the very end, because they're going to be absolute gold dust throughout that whole process. They're going to be able to help steer it back on track when things go awry. And then from a client side, it's all about the brief. It's all about, you know, if you don't, again, if you don't have that person to do it, like create the best possible brief and and go beyond the very core, you know, very functional literature. Like, you know, we know who your brand is. We know um, broadly what your, your challenge is, but like, what is it that really, that you find interesting about this topic? What is it? And I think, a lot of clients don't do it. It's like, put your opinion in there. Like you live and breathe the brand. A lot of the time the client is the brand manager. And it's like, we can, we're going to go away and do the research anyway. But actually as somebody, you know, who lives and breathes that brand on a day-to-day basis, what do you think we should be doing? And, you know, it's not cheating. It's just, it's just helping. And it, it's common, it's common sense, sense. I think like there's a resource right there. Exactly. And you know what? We might get to a better answer because of that. I think that's that would be that's the thing that I would most love to see. Um, I think the thing that can have the most impact. Yeah, totally agree with all that. And what a perfect place to end it on. I want to say a massive thank you for coming on, and I hope you'll come back on again soon. Absolutely. I've listened too much to my own voice for a while, so you know, let's leave it for a little bit. But uh, <laughs> no, it was really fun. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Oh, what a good episode. Uh, Jake really was worth the wait. I think. Uh, so much to take away there I'm sure you'll all agree and one thing he said that I absolutely loved was the ice sculpture analogy it's like you start off with this beautiful ice sculpture and you know if things go wrong you end up chipping away and it's like just like a head and like an arm Mm -hmm, or something mm -hmm. but I was thinking while he was saying that we should probably be aiming more for you know like when you start off with a big lump of clay and then people chip away at that and sort of reveal the masterpiece underneath I think if you're looking for a mindset change that's what I want you to visualize yeah we've all been there haven't we well especially if you've worked at an agency mm-hmm. where you think you've got the masterpiece and it does end up being a finger yeah. or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Literally a just toe. coming down to the smallest <laughs> body part many that there is. In my time. No, yeah, great episode from Jake there. He's, he's so articulate in the things he says and I always like people who can explain one what they do in very mm-hmm. few words mm-hmm. and have that clarity about 
what they do and what their role is in an agency or in their role in general. Fascinating to, to hear more about that creative strategist role because at the moment I do feel like they are separated. I think it's something mm-hmm. that Social Chain done there that's very clever and obviously merged the roles because he is the perfect guy for it, really. No, definitely. And that's sort of Jake coming from the creative team and realizing, as he said, he's, you know, had that strategic mindset. But I think you look at any team, you know, whether it's your talent team or your social team, your content team, your accounts team, there's going to be people who are strategically minded on those teams that can sort of that can be strategists for your agency in their own right. know without actually having had that uh title and being trained as such yeah absolutely another analogy and i know it was my analogy (laughs) so but let's use it you know the building the house analogy whereby without the strategist you wouldn't then have the the foundations of the house that the creators can then use the bricks and mortar to build on um i always go back to that because that's and that is the the simplest way of Mm. explaining things and it's quite visual in your head that yeah essentially one can't exist without the other a creative a stood alone or a standalone creative, you, you may have a couple of one-hit wonders here and there. That's the name of the game. But without any real purpose and why, without the strategy, it is only going to be one-hit wonders. There's not going to be any, yeah, there's not going to be any purpose to what you're doing. So you're just going to be kind of scattered everywhere. Speaking about, you know, the foundation, as Jake said, it sort of all comes back to the brief, doesn't it? Making sure you've got a really strong, solid brief yeah. that both you understand that the client understands. Like Jake said, don't you know? Don't be too scared. You know, be brave enough to go back to the client if it's not good enough and ask for a better brief. They are difficult to write. I know. Obviously, we've been agency. It's tired. a skill you have to it, learn, though. It really you is. Do, yeah. It really is, and they are difficult. And I think you have to persist with it. And it's not something you can rush because if you rush it, it either means that. Obviously, the agency side, like Jake said, you know, Jake does so much research. I've seen it firsthand. But it's just you you can open a lid straight away and bring an agency into your brand straight away. If you you put together that brief that's strong, it just helps so much. Exactly. It's that Um, starting point. If you start confused or if you start weak, that's how you're going to, you know, continue. And that's how you're going to end. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you know, you're not doing the work for the agency. It's literally just a helping hand uh, to make sure the agency starts on the right track. Mm. And I know, obviously, we're speaking from agency side. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I've, I've sympathy because they are difficult to write. It's, it's almost like it's bottled up in your head, and to get that down on paper is a difficult mm. skill. Do a workshop. It's it is it is a skill that you have to master. Um, it is a tricky one, but so worthwhile when you get it right. You'll just you'll see that payoff. You know, tenfold. One thing I also want to touch on again. This is like it's all about us this week, guys. But <laughs> no, the we owe people interesting work. I absolutely mm. love because I didn't want to interrupt him while he was you know uh, explaining it, but. How it reads to me or how it always has read to me is that people can apply to anyone. So Jake was talking about it very much from like an internal team's perspective. But it's also about, you know, we owe people who are watching at home. We owe them interesting work. We owe the client interesting work. And we also owe it to ourselves to create things that we're proud of as well. You know, when he said we want people to come home at the end of the day and think I made an impact with a piece of work that I've created. It's just like it just goes to show, you know, the difference in mindset that I think contributes to that passion and that joy and that motivation that you absolutely need to make work that's good. If you care about it, I think everyone else will. And like I say, with social, you've got the bonus of that sort of instant gratification. You know if it's a good one. And, uh, you know, humble brag, we've had it a couple of times here where we literally just sat there and just watched it blown up. And Mm -hmm. to be fair, there's no better feeling because there's like, you know, like we say, there's months and months of research gone into it that not one hit wonders. They may look like it, um, but there's months and months of research, months and months of planning and production gone into these moments that, yeah, they might stay around for 24 hours, but enjoy it where you can. Yeah, it's a really giddy 24 hours. Yeah. (laughs) 